1: hey everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello Hello, hey everybody. How's it going? It is
0: going well. I mean, we're experiencing snow apocalypse,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but hey, I'm in a nice warm house, so that's all right. Yeah.
1: Like a bulk of the country, like 40 states are under a winter weather advisory this Isn't
0: week. That crazy? That's unusual for us in January. I mean, this is kind of to be expected, but I know yeah. not everybody's used to this kind of
1: weather. No, I hope you guys are warm and safe and uh, have power yes. and are, are doing okay.
0: You're not really. experiencing tornadoes. There's tornadoes.
1: Yeah, the tornadoes are what? terrifying. And just yeah. overall, like, I honestly, I'm just so worried for all the unhoused people in bigger cities. That, oh, uh, God, yeah. Oh, I can't even As imagine. You know,
0: here, um, people who are homeless do not stay here in the winter. They get the hell out of here. hmm unless they have you know like a vehicle to live in or something because you can't you can't survive here
1: but even then in this kind of cold I mean it, but our forecast has changed I mean early next week we were supposed to be 30 below with a wind yeah. chill of like 60 below and it's looking like maybe we're not going to be that cold now oh, so God, I not. hope that's true yeah
0: that's the worst ever like I I can take anything in winter but thirty below and wind chills like
1: that—that's it's horrific. It's hell. And yeah. trying to convince dogs to go ahead and go out and pee in that—they don't. Yeah, they don't want to. Especially all our little tiny dogs. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're like, "Are you mm-hmm. out of your mind? <laughs> Are you trying to kill us?" Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? Actually, when it's that cold, I'm really paranoid about my animals. I usually keep the dog door shut, and just only let them out if I know exactly where they're, you know, because it wouldn't you take very long for one of those little dogs to and... to death. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Bo. So I hope everyone is okay. Yeah. This is our Thursday episode and we're, we're rounding it up. We're going to do a, a true crime roundup style so that we can get a, several things in. And it looks to me like we're going to go from, uh, you hit a lot of different facets of, uh, crime today.
0: We really are. We're using a lot of our categories, actually.
1: We really are. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you to uh, enlighten us with a little uh, uh, racial injustice. Yeah.
0: You may remember this young man. This is Elijah McLean. Yeah. Elijah McLean was killed... By police and paramedics, basically, this was an officer-involved death in 2019 in Colorado. Um, he was walking outside while wearing a like a ski mask. Uh-huh. The reason he was doing that is because Elijah had anemia and was very cold all the time, yeah. and so he liked to wear a face mask when he was outside because his face would get really cold. Uh-huh. So in the infinite wisdom that is the racists in this country, Mm -hmm. someone called the police and said that there was some sketchy young black man with a mask on Mm -hmm. walking down the street. Elijah didn't do anything. Elijah didn't commit any crimes. No. Elijah didn't even appear to commit crimes. He was literally walking down the street.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, a police officer named Randy Rodima, uh, was just sentenced for his conviction of criminal criminally negligent homicide and third degree assault for his role in elijah's death yeah so what happened it's the most ridiculous bullshit ever so someone calls 911 says there's this kid who looks sketchy the police come they just subdue him immediately he does not know what's happening or why yeah and they put him in a carotid chokehold sound familiar yeah george floyd yes
1: yeah. while they have him you down chokehold that we don't teach and don't condone
0: yeah yeah that one. so then um while the police have him subdued and have him down the paramedics which i do not understand why they were even there or why they possibly did this They injected him with an overdose of ketamine. Yeah. This is not standard practice in any way. No. And unfortunately, Elijah died several days later in the hospital from his injuries and from the overdose. So there were five men who were prosecuted in Elijah's death Uh, Mr. Rodema and the two paramedics were actually convicted mm-hmm. mr rodema gets 14 months in prison wow for murdering this young boy
1: for doing and literally nothing
0: right and that uh, does include um that he can be on work release he has the possibility wow. of work release so yeah yeah so it just again police brutality particularly against black people and people of color is still happening we know this happened in 2019 but here we are in 2024 Mm -hmm. and this man gets 14 months in prison for murdering an innocent boy who was walking down the street minding his own business it makes me sick
1: the it's message not that is being sent with a
0: case like to that. Wear a
1: mask. Yeah. No, it isn't,
0: and you know what? I have been dealing with anemia this year, and I 100% understand that cold face. I have a cold nose, 24/7, and my face mm-hmm. gets really cold when I go outside. I can totally understand why he was just trying to make himself more comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: And for that, the police and the paramedics murdered him.
1: Yeah.
0: And this officer gets 14 months in prison.
1: The whole thing is such a miscarriage. It's just, it's so ridiculous.
0: There is absolutely no justice in this. There is nothing that anyone can say to make this better for his family. No, it's horrific, but we have to keep up on these things. We have to be aware of them. We need to know about these sentences. We need to understand what is still happening with police officers who abuse their role. Yep. To the point of murdering people. Yep. And these paramedics. I mean, the whole thing was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's no justification for giving the ketamine at all. And they gave a huge overdose of yeah. what I read one somewhere that it was a f- five times what someone his weight should have had. Yeah. And why he needed ketamine in the first place. No one could explain. Yeah. They had him in a carotid chokehold. They were already killing him
1: mm-hmm.
0: when they gave him the ketamine. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, this kid was not super built. He was not strong. He wasn't making up much of a fight. He couldn't have been.
0: No, he wasn't.
1: You know, when someone's killing you, you probably are fighting for your life.
0: Right, which he had every right to do.
1: And the amount of restraint it took to restrain an innocent person who did nothing wrong in the first place. Right,
0: exactly so the paramedics have also been found guilty of criminally negligent homicide and Mm -hmm. they will be um, sentenced in march Uh so and you shall see what they get Uh the ones who actually made the decision to inject this man Uh and i i've watched some videos done by various uh physicians and paramedics who have all said that this is not standard practice at all this is not something that normally right. would be done. They don't even know why they had ketamine or why they that was my question. Why would they have it. even
1: had ketamine?
0: Yeah. Some, some um, agencies use it to subdue someone who's having like a, a mental health crisis and they're, they become combative. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they overdosed him. Yeah. They had no reason to give it in the first place. And then they overdosed no. him while he was being choked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's brain death. Yeah. Really sad terribly sad. so our love to Elijah McLean's family and yeah. to the judge that gave this officer 14 months fuck you
1: yeah
0: it should have been more like 14 years or a lot yeah. more than that yeah we cannot continue to live in a society that does this kind of shit we just can't no we can't no. allow it
1: Absolutely. so with
0: that Katie I'm going to kick it over to you for some crime news update
1: okay Really interesting story coming out of California. Legislators in California are absolutely done with people being roofied at bars and events, and Mm -hmm. they're trying really hard to fight against it. So they have passed a law. This is AB 1013. It will go into effect in July that requires all bars and nightclubs to keep test kits that can detect drugs like rohypnol, ketamine, or GHB. Oh, wow. So according to the bill, they must offer to sell test kits uh, either at a cost not to exceed a reasonable amount based on the wholesale cost or offer them for free.
0: Mm-hmm
1: they also have to have signage in the facilities that say don't get roofied drink spiking oh drink spiking drug test kits available here ask a staff member for details required by law
0: that's amazing
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that's a really good step
1: Mm -hmm. so the kits themselves have a straw a sticker and a strip that you use Mm. to detect a date rape drug so Mm -hmm. if someone thinks that their drug or, you know, their drink may have been drugged, they can test it if they, uh, like say your friend starts acting really weird at a bar and you're wondering if they're okay, you could test their drink. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is, it also, uh, they're hoping it will deter some people.
0: I would some think of the statistics, that it
1: might. This is a law and crime article that I'm referencing. Some of the statistics, this comes from the Federal Office on Women's Health this was a study from 2010 to 2012. So, I mean, it's old, but still, it's pretty shocking. Found that a staggering one or 11 million people reported being raped or assaulted while intoxicated, drunk, drugged, or high. 11 million. Jesus
0: Christ. That's unbelievable.
1: In 2016, a study in the medical journal Psychology of Violence found the rate of drink spiking was even more widespread than initially thought. So they sampled a group of 6,000 students at three different colleges. Nearly 500 people reported being drugged before. So that was just under 8%. But get this. They also found that 83% of those surveyed said they had drugged someone else.
0: Oh, my God.
1: 83% of 6,000 reported that they had drugged someone else.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. That is terrifying.
1: Yeah. This is men and women.
0: What the hell, people? You're out there drugging people? Why?
1: Why? Oh, my God. Well, besides, you know, rape. Right. Last August in California, at a salon in San Francisco, police uh, uncovered 3.5 kilos of GHB that was being smuggled in through a nail salon. Holy crap. That's enough for 3,500 doses. It's not a little problem. It's a huge problem. A not huge too problem. long ago, one of my kids, they had been at, they were at a bar and mm-hmm. she'd only had one drink. She only had one drink the whole night. And she said, I felt so weird uh, just the whole night. And she had told her friends something. I don't feel right. Keep a close eye on me. And then they did. Her mm-hmm. brother was there too. and But she said she didn't like not remember the night, but she said she just felt very weird and not herself and was super sick the next day. Mm-hmm. And I had asked her, do you think it's possible that you got drugged? And she goes, I don't know how I could have. My drink was at our table with our friends the whole night. If it wasn't with me, I just don't know how it would have happened. Well, you don't know. That's the problem. You don't happen
0: so fast. Mm-hmm.
1: Luckily she had a huge group of friends around her that, you know, kept a close eye on her and got her home safe, but she didn't feel good for a whole day afterwards. And I'm I still am very That's suspicious really of, of that night. Yeah. And that is really scary. But the statistics are pretty wild. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in California, if it helps. Yeah. I keep wondering why somebody doesn't just pass a law saying that all drinks have to have be covered. All drinks have to have lids. A lid, yeah. Even shots, everything. They all have yep. to be lidded. I know it's it's another
0: it's another thought. I mean, there there's fingernail polish you can get that can detect some things, and mm-hmm. like there are a lot more things happening. Or you know, I've thought about like what about a color changing glass that could change, you know that might change color, or you know, I don't know. There's got to be a bunch of different ways. But I'm really happy to see a state take. Mm-hmm some initiative to like really try to address this on a bigger level.
1: Absolutely. And they're probably just paving the way for other States to take a similar route. Now Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see if it really helps, you know, if it actually deters people and if uh, the bars make them available enough, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot to adjust with all of that.
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's plenty of cost involved, you know, but to me, if it were I a bar owner, I think the safety of my patrons would trump anything else. Yeah. At this point, you know. Yeah, I, me too.
0: I would think so, so too. You know, a lot of bartenders are are very hyper aware of that kind yes. of thing, and you know, they have, like, in the women's bathrooms, they'll tell you, "Ask for an angel shot," and it means this, and you know, I mean, they've got. There are a lot of individuals taking initiative, so this is cool to see it happening on the state level.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So with that, I'm going to kick it back to you for some more or for some serial killer news. Yes.
0: Sometimes old serial killers get identified. And unfortunately, this is a dead one. But let's talk about it. The um, the man's name was Alan W. Wilmer Sr. and he died in 2017. But it turns out that uh, he was at least partially responsible for what's known as the Colonial Parkway murders that happened in Virginia in the 1980s. So he has been linked definitively now to three deaths through his uh, DNA. And those are the murders of David L. Knobling, Robin M. Edwards, and Teresa Lynn Spa Howell. Okay. Okay so Novling and edwards were found shot to death on september 23rd of 1987. they were um in a wildlife management area in isle of white county uh-huh. in virginia um apparently uh edwards had been sexually assaulted and they were both shot and they had been missing for about four days when their bodies were found Um, Those murders were included in what's known as four double homicides from 1986 to 1989 that were dubbed the Colonial Parkway murders because they were happening along that parkway. So then um, Teresa Lynn Spa Howell was found dead inside of a club in Hampton, Virginia, on July 1st of 1989. Uh, She was identified three days later um after somebody filed a missing persons report for her she had been sexually assaulted and strangled so how did we get Wilmer's name well when Wilmer died in 2017 for reasons I don't fully understand yet um DNA had to be used to confirm his identity after death and so his DNA went into the system for the first time those three murders police have known for a long time that they were linked. And that they were all committed by the same person because of dna at those scenes but they were never able to confirm it or you know compare it to wilmer because he was never arrested for anything uh, but now we know that his dna matches all three of those murders wow we don't know yet if he actually committed the other three uh colonial parkway murders because mm-hmm. those were all kind of connected just by location basically Right. Uh, And so I think there's a lot being done, you know, right now to figure it out. Yeah. But we know for sure that these three cases are now solved. Wow. Unfortunately, Wilmer's dead, so he doesn't get to stand trial. But uh, the police have said they have enough evidence that uh, he would be arrested for first degree murder if they, Mm -hmm. you know, if he was still living.
1: So constant warning, you know. To to those who want to do no good, DNA is going to catch you.
0: It is. Here's a picture of the three victims. So at least there is a little closure for their family. I feel bad for Wilmer's family, if he has any. I don't know. I mean, the the situation around his death and needing to do DNA to identify him does make you wonder Mm -hmm. if he didn't really have any connections with people. But Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be shocking to find out after a family member has passed? Right that they it would were be, um oh, would be horrifying. Yeah. A murderer that has never been caught?
1: It'd be terrible. Well, it depends really. I can think of certain family members that I would be like, I'm not that surprised. Yeah, you know. True. It's
0: true. And and he may have just been a real bad yeah. guy and they yeah. wouldn't would, you know, not have known
1: or but would like not. if have I learned something surprised. like that by like about our dad, it would be an unbelievable shock. Yeah. right. I mean, right. Yeah. I I think it would really depend on who they were uh in in lives but
0: i think that's that's very true but still i mean no matter what it's a shocker
1: but some of my husband's family yeah i could see it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too me too uh yeah so hey we'll keep an eye on that and see if maybe they're able to close some more cases now that they have his dna Mm -hmm. and with that katie i'm going to kick the mic back to you for some wtf news
1: yeah Well, this is really just for fun. I have a little compilation of two different times where police were called out recently for, well, not people things. (laughs) You might remember a while back we had a segment where some police were called out to a farm where somebody was screaming for help. And we have the cop cam video of them, their vest cam, you know, running all the way up this lane and you can hear this screaming for help. And they run into this barn and it's a goat. Yep. You remember that? He was just was so his out.
0: that poor that poor cop is just a huffing and a puffing and
1: it's a goddamn goat. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: was, it so was the boy. It was screaming help, man. It sounded like a woman shrieking help.
1: Well, and after they were able to contact the, the farm owners, they said, well, yeah, we had had to separate him from his best friend and he's been in there bawling his head off. He was yelling help. <laughs> it was. Poor guy. So, the first video video—it's quite a bit longer, but this is a situation where the police were called out because the neighbors had been calling in this community to the police and complaining that there was a rooster in the community, in this neighborhood that was attacking people. And if you've ever been attacked Ooh. by a rooster, huh, it's terrifying. Ooh, mean little shit. Uh-huh, yeah. And it hurts. Uh, the video is kind of entertaining because its that's not a rooster at all. That's a hen. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, it's, so it's about two and a half minutes of this uh, poor guy chasing a rooster around the neighborhood. But the way he puts the rooster in his car nearly killed me. So I'm going to let you watch that. And it's followed by a brief clip of some police officers. Now, these jokes write themselves. But chasing <laughs> a pig, <laughs> not kidding, through the McDonald's drive through <laughs> So you can imagine the comments on the article I found and about pig on pig action over here. About uh the Murph rib yes. is back in town. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Uh, I'll just let you watch, it's just kind of funny. So, <laughs> let's go. It
0: sounds weird, no, that's all right. But we back in the day, okay, like, no, you stay where you at, and he showed
1: up along the... Road. Yeah, you
0: see, I see.
1: He keeps coming out chasing folks. And I think he's been back here in my yard. I swear that's not my thing. You see him? He's. He likes to run up on people. Is there a rooster? Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah, that's a rooster.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. He likes to run up on people.
1: Try to close that gate if you got one. Yeah. Try to close the gate. And close. I don't have a gate. Oh, my chicken. I know it's not your chicken.
0: <laughs> Come here.
1: With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. ramp.
0: Shit, I have any crews available at the moment.
1: Can you come open my cruiser door. One nine six, I'm gonna drop you on that to help with traffic. Thirty five eastbound, seventy five southbound ramp. Thanks. Thank you.
0: let James <sighs> oh, <darn
1: it. laughs> The way he just throws that chicken in the back seat.' <sighs> it's
0: just well the way he goes like this. <laughs> Pretty
1: great. Little shit's made a fool out of him for <laughs> chasing him around that yard. <laughs> Can you close? That the was gate? pretty great. I don't have a gate. It's not my chicken. I know <laughs> it's not your chicken.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! That's
1: hilarious. The next time a load of ferrets gets set loose at Jack in the Box or something, that guy is not going.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> the pigs in the McDonald's drive-thru are just too funny. Oh my gosh, anyway. and that's a big
0: pig. like that. Yeah. You're not picking that thing up.
1: No, that's a big guy and he probably bites damn hard too.
0: Yeah. I would imagine so.
1: From experience. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that was just for fun. I think sometimes it's fun to look at the lighter side of, uh, you know, we're pretty tough on the cops around here uh, when they deserve it. But at the same time, you know, they, uh, they do serve our communities and sometimes they really have to do a lot of undesirable things.
0: They genuinely do.
1: that, uh, they <laughs> blue, that chicken and around. The brave boys gray. in blue that chased that chicken around the yard and put it in the backseat of his car. Because yeah. now he was going to have to drive somewhere and listen to that squ- <laughs> and squawk at him.
0: Right. I, I think, uh, and then catch it in the car. And also it's going to poop everywhere in there.
1: Everywhere. Yeah
0: i could think of like all i could think about was all of the problems that are going to occur with that thing in the car
1: a god awful (laughs) mess in that car yeah Mm -hmm. so sorry about it (laughs) and and a great job on that hog yep (laughs) well i'm gonna turn the mic back over to you for a crime news update
0: yes We have a little bit of movement in the Crystal Rogers murder case regarding Steve Lawson. This is Steve. We've talked about him. He is the third person now in custody uh, for the believed murder of Crystal Rogers. Of course, Crystal Rogers has been missing for several years um, Mm -hmm. and at this point is believed to be dead. Her... uh, her boyfriend at the time, uh, Brooks Hauk, is already in jail.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Steve Lawson's son is also in jail. There, there's not been any trials or anything yet. They're just in jail. And then Steve Lawson himself, who originally was turned was basically turning over evidence and cooperating with the police and was supposedly gonna have um a, a plea deal or some kind of immunity deal and then was recently arrested on a uh, grand jury indictment wow he has been sitting in jail on a five hundred thousand dollar bond so he he is charged with conspiracy to commit murder and tampering of physical evidence at this point they have used the word solicitation as though may have been one of maybe more than one person who was actually hired Uh to kill Crystal Rogers. Wow. Uh, So yeah, his bond was cut from $500,000 to $250,000. Lawson's attorney was asking for a bond of $20,000 cash or $40,000 property. Wow. Um, (laughs) The judge was like, nah. (laughs) Two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> which it sounds like, uh, it does sound as though uh, he is going to be remaining in prison, in jail for that, because there's he cannot mm-hmm. come up with two hundred fifty thousand. So the judge and the defense attorney were uh, real far apart on that. Yeah. Well, okay, that's fine. Yeah. So very interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I this is starting to look like maybe they're going to be able to prove a murder for hire plot which is one thing people had suspected at the Mm -hmm. time that Crystal Rogers died. He was, uh, Steve Lawson was working in construction. And one thought is that, um, he used large equipment to bury her body somewhere.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Her body has
0: never been found. She's been missing since 2015 since like the 4th of July
1: Mm
0: in 2015. So interesting Mm -hmm. stuff, but good movement is happening. people who are aware of this case and this is your community, um, People are very ready yeah. for a solution here, and for all of those involved to get their comeuppance. And so, I was glad to see that you know they're not messing around. So Steve Lawson, I think, has maybe broken his immunity deal because they sure don't seem to be uh, giving a damn about it now. Not since nope. the grand jury indictment.
1: Very interesting. These trials are going to be super interesting. But they are. I'm just so grateful for Crystal's family that they're getting the justice. Okay. And also it sounds like the the Hawks have kind of terrorized that area for quite some time and it's time to end yeah. that So
0: it is well, and just these are dangerous people who should not be on the street. Yep. I mean if they yep. murdered Crystal Rogers and did away with her body, then they are yep. dangerous to their community.
1: They got to go. Yep.
0: Definitely. Okay. All right. With that, Katie, I'm gonna kick the mic back to you for a little more serial killer news.
1: Yeah. A serial killer kind of day I guess. I guess. I hope that doesn't hold true in any other serial killer yeah. news kind of day. Let's not yes, there you go. go crazy here. <laughs> uh this is news in the happy face killer. Oh yes. So this is a rendering of the mm. last known uh happy face victim. Yes, And the police have been able to, with a bunch of DNA work, come up with uh, a pretty good idea of who she is-ish. Now they need the public to help fill in the gaps. So, Mm -hmm. of course, the happy face killer is Keith Hunter Jesperson. And he killed eight women. He was a long-haul trucker and always had wanted to be famous or known. So he started killing women and then confessing in anonymous letters that he sent to the news. And mm-hmm. and it did get him some notoriety, so he kept doing it.
0: Yeah.
1: And one of the letters he sent to the news, he said, I, I did this because I wanted to be known, and now I don't know how to stop. Well, mm-hmm. you know what you could have done is stopped. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Turned yourself you never in. Turned yourself in. I've followed
0: the Happy Face Killer's daughter um, on TikTok for quite a while. Very interesting to see her from her perspective because she was a child when these things were happening and and what her experience was like growing up with him.
1: Mm -hmm. So he was arrested in 95 and investigators in six states have still been working to or have worked to get the identities of his victims figured out. Mm -hmm. So Happy Face Killer, by the way, because he would put a smiley face on the notes that he sent to uh reporters and things. Yeah.
0: But gross.
1: So this uh body was found in California. And apparently he was supposed to be he claims that he had picked this woman up and she wanted to go to Los Angeles, but he told her he was going to Arizona. He refers mm-hmm. to her as Claudia. We don't actually know if that's her name or not, but that was what he called her. Uh, Mm -hmm. This happened on, she was found on August 30th, 1992. So Mm -hmm. sometime, we believe in August, he picked her up uh, and said that he would take her to Arizona. He says they drove for a while. They stopped at uh, an eight and then they had a fight about money. So he decided to kill her. Which she mm. didn't do, and then left her body along highway ninety five near Blythe, California. Mm. So <clears throat> she's one that has never been fully uh, named or identified, but they have finally learned a few things about her. So they know that her father lived in Texas and that he's deceased. Okay and they know they have a pretty good sense of what she looked like so now they're sending this information out to the world saying look at her Mm -hmm. here's what they're saying she was 20 to 30 years old with blonde hair and a tattoo of two small dots on her right thumb Mm. Uh, they believe she had ties to las vegas and southern nevada and appeared to be familiar with los angeles she was wearing a gray t-shirt with a photo of a motorcycle on it when her body was found. And again, genealogists determined that her bio-father lived in Southeast Texas, but is no longer living. Oh, wow. And that's what they know.
0: hmm
1: So they really want to put a name to her face and, you know, appropriately be able to identify her and give whatever family she still got out there some peace. Sure. So again that is what they anticipate she would look like or would have looked like Mm -hmm. thanks to dna so wow
0: so wild that dna can determine things like hair color and eye color and stuff now Mm -hmm. yeah although you know we live in the world of no one keeps their natural hair color anymore so right i was
1: glad they ran this both colors because who knows yeah right but at any rate, there you have it. That's that's exciting. Hopefully there's some a conclusion there.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Because you know that there's probably somebody out there that always wonders what happened to an aunt or a sibling, you know? Yeah. Maybe they'll be able to finally put that to bed.
1: Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah. Okay. Did we do it? Or do we- you have one more? No, we did We're it. Good. Yeah, okay. I can't math, Idaho, one potato, two potato (laughs) (laughs) song. All right, well, this wraps up the week for us. So we'll be back next week with lots more uh, content. So please like, share, follow, subscribe, all the things. Thanks so much Mm -hmm. for being here. You guys, please, please, please stay safe, stay warm, take good care of yourselves and we'll Mm -hmm. be back soon. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad.
0: Bye everybody. (laughs) Thank you.